0: You're listening to The Conversations Podcast, brought to you by Cypress Creek Church. For me, um, I think how I've fasted has looked different in different life seasons, and whether that's, you know, been a period of time from food or from social media or words or, you know, whatever it may be. Um, And I think what my takeaway from it is that there is always spiritual deepening, and I end up Leaving that time period, feeling closer to God um, and lighter of heart.
1: Welcome to the Conversations Podcast. I'm Taylor, and it is episode 52, which means it's been a year. That's right. And no better way to celebrate than with two. Very special guests. First, we are joined by Lead Pastor Jose Averroa. Jose, thanks for being here.
2: Yeah, I can't believe it's been a year. Really, it, it's been a year? It's been a year, yes. Wow. 52, 52 episodes. And
1: we're joined by the one, the only, Taylor Averroa. Taylor, great name. Thanks for being here.
0: Such a great name. So glad I could be here, especially on this significant It is a
1: very significant day but in the lives here. of our listeners <laughs> Okay, well, Jose, we have been in a series called Kingdom Manifesto, studying the Sermon on the Mount and going through the red letters of Jesus, how do we build our lives. And so this week was on The Secret Place, so I'd love for you to kind of kick us off by just talking about a little bit of what were your thoughts as you prepared for the message and also as we continue in this series.
2: You know, one of the things that I have loved while studying has been the pattern that has been revealed to me for the first time. And so we went from the Beatitudes where Jesus flipped everything upside down, blessed are the poor instead of blessed are the powerful and the privileged, which is what we tend to say in our culture, Jesus defines blessed, uh, the one that is blessed differently. And then we looked at these six different areas in our life and how he raises the bar of righteousness. And so we talked about those six and now we're in another topic. And so I think it's cool how we've gone expositionally through all of this and in it, we've seen that Jesus, Jesus is a topical preacher. He's actually hitting these topics and these three are super important. They all uh, have to do with creating and establishing that secret place with the Lord and, and really working on our vertical relationship with him.
1: Yeah, that's so good. And we're going to unpack that a little bit. I'd love right before we jump in fully, uh, the last few weeks we talked about inside out living. And then Jose, you talked about even just yesterday, this idea of upside down. Do you want to kind of elaborate a little bit on that as we kind of set up these these next few topics?
2: Yeah, so for this specific uh, part, Jesus is speaking to uh three areas of Jewish piety. So fasting, giving, and praying were normal cultural norms for a a Jewish person. And so the more you did these three, the holier or the higher rank you had in their society. And so Jesus is flipping the concept upside down in that normally people would flaunt in these three areas, they'd show off. They would do these things publicly, and Jesus is saying, "Well, it's actually not how you do it publicly. But strength in 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 your relationship with God comes in what you do in private." So he he's flipping that concept upside down here in this in this. Um, Realm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So let's just unpack. We talked about, Jose, you talked about the secret place, not just being necessarily like a physical space, but really so just a, a state of mind. So Taylor, I'd love to hear your thoughts as we talk about both kind of going vertical instead of horizontal over the last few weeks that we focused on, as well as what's kind of the in, the importance of recognizing and maybe even just finding out where that secret place is and that, that mindset.
0: Yeah, you know, as I've thought about it, I have reflected a little bit on my upbringing and my adolescent years in particular and into early college, and one thing I realized is that my parents did model that really well to me, and so I picked up on just kind of their own habits and the way that they thought through things, and we discussed things as a family and, and I think it's a big and, is that I, somewhere along the way, cho- made the decision to choose to pursue and have my own passion. Um, secret place, intimate time with God. And I think you can go either of the two ways where you lose some of that conviction or um, just relational belonging with God, or you really choose to try it out, to see what that looks like, to figure out what that looks like for you as an individual and a person. And so um, I think that really— Somewhere in my teenage years, um, that vertical relationship between me and Christ started to solidify more and more and more. I can't tell you a specific time or moment. I think it was um, through just discipline and um, God, of course, pursuing my heart that led me to that. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah,
1: that's really good. I'd love to ask both y'all kind of a little practically kind of what does it look like for you to kind of invest in your uh, in that vertical relationship with God? I know we're going to touch on a few specifics with giving and uh, prayer and fasting, but what, what does that look like in y'all's maybe day-to-day? Y'all both have so many horizontal relationships and whether through ministry, just through friends and family. So how do you kind of find time practically or just what does that look like as far as to kind of really invest in that that vertical relationship with God?
2: Well, I'm an extrovert and Taylor's an introvert. So this actually comes harder for me. I think we both agree on that, right? Probably so. (laughs) (laughs) And so I have found it really important to do it first thing in the morning, whenever I first wake up, even if it's not 15, 20 minutes, um, but just setting my mind on what Jesus wants for that day and really saying good morning to God and in starting out that way, simple mindset switch versus tackling the tasks of the day right away. And then throughout the day, um, I think there's so many opportunities that we have, but I would say for me, the struggle is I do like to be seen by others. Um, So funny yesterday after second service, someone or second gathering, someone came uh, forward and shook my hand and said, I just wanted to be seen shaking the pastor's hand. (laughs) It was hilarious. He was obviously being sarcastic, um, but I appreciated that. And I, I, struggle with that tension of, man, I want to be the light. I want to um, show others what it's like to be like Jesus. So look at what this way of life looks like versus it needs to you know, be in secret. And I think where it lands for me is I need to start in secret. And once I establish that connection there, my eyes are focusing on pleasing God and not people.
0: Yeah. And for me as an introvert, I am okay being by myself. I'm okay with a few key relationships. I don't need a lot of interaction, although I do need interaction. Um, But my preference would probably be to have silence and quiet. And um, uh, one thing I've learned over the years is that it look can look different in different life seasons and so as a mom with four young kids seven five three and two um what my secret place looks like Mm -hmm. versus when i was 18 is pretty different um but i think the uh, consistent factor is it's time that's just me and God. And so whether that looks like me, you know, reading chapters and chapters of scripture and journaling, or just taking a prayer time to sit and be with God, to hear from God, and not to do all the talking and just listen, um, it can vary in the different life seasons.
2: Yeah, we don't have a lot of time in the morning before it gets... (laughs) Pretty loud.
0: We've got some early risers in (laughs) our (laughs) house.
2: That's what I hear. I agree
0: with Jose. That being the first meditation of your mind, the first thought of your mind um, in the day really does change the course of your day. And the more that you do it, it's just like working out. The more that you do it, the more that you practice it, Mm -hmm. um, the more routine and um, strengthening it becomes.
1: Mm That's so good. One of the aspects that complicates this idea of focusing vertically when there's so much going on horizontally is social media, and that could be a whole that could be a whole podcast in of itself, but a whole series. Um, both of y'all have, whether through just being leaders in the student ministry, as well as just be living in 2021, uh, encountering both personal and just interacting with others as far as how to balance social media, how to do well. Jose, I loved how you broke it down into two kind of key parts. One, the more consuming nature. of, of it is about kind of easy to get comparison as far as you're just looking at other people. And then there's the posting side, which is looking for people's approval and all that kind of stuff. I know this is like not going to be as much time as we could spend on this, but what are maybe some ways in which y'all have kind of seen how do you, where's that balance? Because both of y'all are on social media. It's not like you just completely cut it off, but how do you kind of guard yourselves against both the comparison traps of everyone else as well as seeking approval? And kind of just that affirmation that comes from posting and likes and all that kind of stuff. Yeah,
2: it's a good question. I love how Jesus looks at the motives. He's speaking to the motives. So the three examples, one is to be seen by others. The other one's to be honored by others. And the third, I think, is to show others um, you know, in giving, fasting, and, and praying. And I think you gotta ask yourself, why am I posting this? Why am I looking at this? Is it to compare others, to make me feel better about myself? Or does looking at, social media actually make me feel worse about me? And then why am I posting this? What's the motive behind why I I post? I'll tell you, I've realized I'm not that good on social media. I don't speak the language of social media as fluently as others do. And I've accepted that. I'm actually relieved because what stresses me out is trying to be like other people. And so we have a good friend. She has an amazing social media presence. I love the things she posts. It's so authentic and easy and real for her. But she does a lot of work on making sure that she checks her motives. She, her business is on social media. And so anyway, I really appreciate when people are able to do that. I'm not as fluent or as effective on social media. And so I think it's being authentic and then checking checking your motives.
0: Yeah, knowing your why is really important. And I also think that having boundaries and boundaries are a hard thing for a lot of us. And then some of us are too good at making boundaries and we create these walls. And I think that if you know the why behind Uh, The reason you're on social media and the reason that you post and the reason that you look at certain accounts um, or comment in the manner that you do comment, setting boundaries for yourself. So whether that's time limits each day, whether that's deleting accounts that you don't need to follow um, or limiting the amount of content that you scroll through um, are all really healthy ways um, to, to stay well and to keep your eyes and your mind on Christ.
1: That's really, really good. I'd love to jump into these kind of three sections here. We've got giving, praying, and fasting. So the first one here is on giving. And just kind of a quick summary, Jose, you kind of mentioned just how even corporations know that showing off your giving is something that looks good for business, looks good for others. And so we do this in so many little small ways. Uh, and you kind of encourage us to give regularly, spontaneously, and generously. I'd love to kind of focus, at least with this podcast, just on maybe what are the reasons why, I'm just thinking of myself as an example, Why do? I, what are the ways that come up where I don't want to give or what are the things that yeah. typically hold us back because I want to be a generous person, but there's a lot of things that stand in the way between those two. So what would you say to someone that, I mean, they, they go to church, they know they're yep. supposed to give, not just to the church, but just even be generous to people around you, but they just, they just can't quite get there. So I'm thinking in my head financially, it could be different things, but I think that just in the way that Jesus is talking about financially, what are some ways, how would you encourage, someone that's just really kind of either wrestling with that or on the fence of that.
2: So three words, three really important words. I earned it. That thought that you earned your money and chances are you worked really, really hard for your money. And that's a really good thing. I hope that you have earned the amount of money that that, that, that your work deserves. You know, God calls us to do all things as if we were working for God, not just any, anything. So we want to be hard workers, but then the thought that I think is dangerous is when we think that we deserve something, because the truth is the Bible teaches us clearly that everything is his anyway. He's the one that chose where we were going to be born, what you know, country, what family system, uh, who we were going to meet that got us these jobs or allowed us to go to this university to earn this degree, all of those things. God's the one that's fully in charge. So when we recognize that it's all his, then I think that that changes our mindset. And personally, it's given us the discipline of, of just doing it. It's, it's a part of it. And so it does hurt sometimes. It doesn't make sense sometimes given different life seasons and circumstances, i.e. all of our kids and all of that wonderful stuff. But God is so faithful every single time when you just give out of a response uh, for all the things that he's given you.
0: I think with any of these three things that we're kind of diving into, sometimes it can be daunting as to where to start. Like, how do I even get there? You see someone that you admire that's really good at being generous or um, really prayerfully mature, and you want that, but how do you start? And so I think what I'd like to add is that you just take the next step admittedly, I am not a good gift giver. Jose and I have come to terms that we just are not good gift givers. <laughs> and so for us, giving gifts to each other is kind of funny. And we try to hit the experience because yep. that's really captures what we need and what we want. Um, and we enjoy
2: hanging out together. We do. thankfully. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but giving gifts is not something that comes naturally. And with that, being generous is something that I have to just take the next step in being generous. And the more that you do it, the more it becomes a little bit more comfortable and natural. Um, And also choosing obedience and giving. Mm -hmm. Even when I don't feel like it, even when I could use this amount of money for something different, choosing to be obedient because that's what God says to do.
1: Yeah, that's really good. Just something to tag on to both of those just even the mindset and mentality. I think about the difference between an abundance mindset and a scarcity mindset and just how very very elementary like example, but just even when I have I've gone shopping and I just went to the grocery store and I've got tons of something, it's like I'm much more willing to kind of give that out or just if someone's borrowing something versus if I'm down to the last one and I'm just like very, you know, kind of territorial or that kind of thing, and so again, it's it's kind of very basic. But I just think about how I I apply that not only financially but just even spiritually, just to being generous to those around me. That if I'm operating out of abundance, and so then the question of like, okay, how do I get to a mindset of abundance, and what are things I may need to give up or rearrange so that I can be more uh, generous with with both my my money and even my time. It kind of works the same way. But yeah. that's really good. I'd love to jump into prayer and just this idea, Jose. I I'd love to. uh, the Spanish lesson you gave us about just even the two words with prayer, this idea versus kind of one being more from your heart and conversation, one being more uh, reciting. There were kind of three ways you encourage us both daily, unceasingly, and fervently. And so I think for a lot of listeners, they may think, yeah, I need to pray more. I need to, that that's something, you know, we know we're supposed to do that. And maybe that was a New Year's resolution and it's March now, and that's not really a thing anymore. But what are some ways that y'all have seen, um, how has God deepened your prayer lives just over the years, as well as maybe some some of those next steps or tips that um, you could encourage people that just want to just grow in their, in their prayer life?
2: I'd like to add a caveat before Taylor, you answer this question, because I have always known you as an amazing prayer warrior and have really admired your prayer life um, since I met you when we were in college. So um, anyway, but the caveat was the reciting. We're doing a step study right now, Taylor Christensen, you, you and I, yes. that's so weird. They don't know who I'm. Whenever I say Taylor, I was talking about my wife. I, um, I, think, um, everyone do. I think everyone. I anyway, think So anyway, uh, the caveat for the reciting is that in the in the step study, we're reading a lot. We're reading. Um, you know, the 12 steps, and then we read different prayers. And there's beauty in reciting, in reading out prayers. I hope I didn't come off as, uh, you know, making fun of reading a prayer because it's actually really, really profound. And I'm seeing that in my life for sure. And so when we recite the prayers, it's really, again, just the question of where's your heart? What's the motive? And when we dive in, that can re- really be a, a deepening experience in your prayer life.
0: Yeah, definitely. There is a lot of beauty in just liturgy, liturgy, liturgy. Mm-hmm. and um, praying corporately. And you know, one thing that God showed me through discussing these verses um, in Matthew six was how, in my growing up, and in the ways that I've seen it um, outside of that, a lot of times what we refer to as the Lord's Prayer um, is done in a corporate setting or in a gathering setting. And when I was reading through it, I was realizing that Jesus is actually teaching us as a person, as an individual, how to pray. And it kind of was like this eye-opening moment uh, for me and led me back to, you know, the different things that He shows us throughout those verses. And so, um I just think that there's lots of there's lots of different ways that you can practice praying more there's lots of different ways that you can pray there's no wrong way you know praying is just having a conversation with God and so I think starting there has been helpful to me and we also now have technology and we have great ways and things that help us remember and so uh, you know, if that means setting reminders on your iPhone to remember to tap in to God in this time and to pray, or putting re- a list of prayer requests, um, I think all of those can be really helpful tools. Um, you know, if you don't have a smartphone, a post-it note works great. Put it yeah. on your mirror, put it on your dashboard when you drive, as you're sitting in carpool lines or driving throughout town, or you know, to and from work um, and using that time in a different way.
1: Yeah, that's that's really good. I think just camping out one more point on this, Jose, you kind of mentioned those three, the daily, unceasingly, and then fervently. And I'd love for you just to maybe just like, Clarify or not clarify, but maybe just emphasize a little more of the fervently and just what that looks like as far as compared to I think for daily, it's like, okay, we got it. We're gonna, you know, maybe set aside that time, like you're talking about, Taylor. And then we've got unceasingly that we're supposed to be doing that just kind of all the time. But what does maybe fervent prayer look like?
2: Yeah, I was thinking about the Psalms when I, um, in David's prayers specifically, how raw they are and how real they are. It's just their emotion, um, it's just his emotion coming through. Um, to God. So it's unfiltered, it's real. And I think sometimes we think we need to have the right prayer, I've heard a lot, like I can't pray, or one friend once asked me, how do I pray? And I just thought that was the most brilliant question because that's the question we need to be asking God, Lord, how, how do I pray? Well, we're just real to him and he teaches us as we communicate, Taylor, what you said, have this conversation with him. So fervently, I think means passionate uh, and, and authentic. So I, I did write, I um, remember writing on my notes both in the good times and in the bad. So sometimes we just pray when we need God, but praying a, a prayer of gratitude and praising God for for the blessings of life, man, so powerful. We're giving him the credit and that nourishes our souls and reminds us, A, who he is and then um, how present he is with us in, in whatever season of life. Yeah, that's really,
1: really good. And then this third and final piece is the super exciting one on fasting, the crowd favorite. Uh, Jose, you kind of mentioned, well, first you clarified, i like that you clarified the that we're not talking about kind of the health fast right. or that kind of thing. That's more me centered, you call them, but more focused on these kind of spiritual acts. And you mentioned three things that we can do to fast. We can fast specifically, deliberately, and aggressively. And so as we kind of close on this particular one uh, on fasting, what does this look like? Uh, I know, Jose, you did give several examples how it's not just food. Food, but it can be social media, it can be other things. But maybe I think I'd love to just ask y'all just a little bit further on that as far as in your own lives, what what have you seen or experienced after you fast? Like, I think there's a lot of attention on the maybe the how, but but kind of what what have you just felt in your in both of y'all's spiritual walks as you've experienced fasting?
0: For me, um, I think how I've fasted has looked different in different life seasons. And whether that's, you know, been a period of time from food or from social media or words or, you know, whatever it may be. Um, And I think what my takeaway from it is that there is always spiritual deepening. And I end up leaving that time period feeling closer to God um, and lighter of hearts. Um, whether I'm working through a, something personally, whether I'm fasting for a situation around me, um, I do feel, a spiritual deepening that happens, maybe not instantaneously, but over time. Um, and I feel more in stride with God. I think one thing with fasting is that you take something out of your lifestyle or the way that you, you know, go throughout your day. Um, and a key there is to put something yeah. back in in that place. And so using the time that you would to eat or to scroll, um, instead dedicating that, God, that time to seek out God and what he's showing you or teaching you, or just spending time in word um, or, you know, time in your secret place um, with him.
2: Yeah. Two words that I had to answer your question, Taylor, was clarity and dependency. So, in line with your Taylor Avril, <laughs> with um, feeling a spiritual deepening. I think a spiritual dependency on God. You know, I, I'm, I am closer to God because I'm depending on him more and not depending on the things um, that, that I can control. Uh, and then I do receive clarity for whatever I'm fasting for. I think the most powerful fasts in my life have been for others. And so a, a way of intercessing, a way of praying for something. And um, rarely am I, uh, I, it's funny cause I wrote specifically but I don't necessarily have a specific thing that I wanna see. I just want God's will for that person. And normally there's hurt or pain or some sort of transition. And so I just pray, Lord, your will and allow, not only me, but them to to see uh, clarity and he's faithful. He just moves, it's mysterious, it really is. It kind of sounds really religious, but again, the key is not just abstaining, the key is replacing that with prayer, words, something else. And then Jesus told us, do this in private. So don't tell the whole world because then it does become religious. Mm -hmm. And it says, whoa, look at that guy. He's been fasting for 30 days or you know, look how hungry He is. And so one funny thing (laughs) that I found when I fasted from food is for some reason, that's when, you know, either a wedding happens or this incredible banquet, we're invited to some restaurant. I'm like, are you kidding me? So anyway, I just thought I'd add that. Nice. nice, That's 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 why you have to be aggressive. (laughs) There you go. That's right. That's
1: right. That's the last one. Uh, Taylor, I love one thing you touched on, even when we're talking about prayer, but just this idea of just taking the next step that it doesn't have to, I think for so many people, it could just be overwhelming to think, okay, like just with all three of these now, does this mean I just go give away half my income or go pray for four hours or fast for 40 days kind of thing? But just even, I think something I would just encourage people just to just take that one small step, and uh, but still being intentional about it because At least I can tell y'all for me, I'm not going to wake up and be like, oh, I'm going to fast this morning or oh, I'm going to... Yeah, that just doesn't... That is not where my uh, immediate kind of heart goes as far as even with prayer and, and with giving. And so I think being intentional, setting that time aside... And uh and then recognizing that grace is a key component in uh in all of that. Jose, as we close up, I'd love for you to kind of touch on um one of the ways you closed out was just this idea that all the investing that we are doing vertically is not to waste, but this is super important and uh and just investing in in heaven. And so I'd love for you to kind of I hear your thoughts a little more on that and then as well as just kind of capping off uh for this week.
2: Yeah. Elijah came to mind uh, in capping off because he was such a disciplined spiritual person. He had incredible experiences with God. I mean, mo- maybe only Moses had more intense spiritual experiences than Elijah. Um, but then he was in this in this crazy uh, season of fear. And then God shows up, not in a powerful, big way, but in a really simple, uh, quiet way through the whisper. And I had James 4.8, in mind also, come near to God and he will come near to you. All of this is so that we can invest ourselves and our lives um, in the things above. So as we do that, as we draw close to God, he's faithful, he's faithful. He's there all along. It's not a matter of summoning God. It's a matter of realizing how close he really is when we actually turn our ears on and uh, start seeking him.
0: Yeah, and one thing I want to add there is that the results aren't always immediate. So by us practicing these small steps, one step at a time of discipline and, and growing in our generosity and giving our prayer life and, and fasting, sometimes they aren't like, okay, you prayed, here's the answer to your prayer, but it's over time. And I think that as you know, we go about our days with intentionality and with these specific three things, um, we can look back either days, months, years, decades later, and see, wow, God was so faithful to me and to those around me. Um, And we have tons and tons of scriptural examples of that. Mm -hmm. Um, But these are three ways that really help us reflect on um, God's goodness and faithfulness.
2: I'm excited to keep on going. All right. Hey, thanks, everybody, for listening to the Conversations podcast. If you have any questions that you want us to answer on the podcast, you can email us, conversations at cypresscreekchurch.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe and share the podcast. Thanks for being here again, everybody. It was awesome. That's it for this version of the podcast.
0: We will see you guys next time.